0: With Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620
1: WVMT. Welcome back to the morning drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and joining us in studio now is Chittenden County State Senator Keisha Rahm. Good morning, Keisha.
2: Good morning. Love the music.
1: I know. It's a game here. It's fun, isn't it? And so, first of all, even though we're a few months late, but we did mention on the show when it happened. But congratulations oh. on the new addition to the <laughs> family. I know it's a few yeah. months in. It's, how old is the baby now?
2: She's seven months, if you can believe it. What's uh, her it name? Goes really fast, it as does. Anthony was saying. What's her, her name, name? Is Mira. Mira. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's that is beautiful. sweetest.
1: Yeah. You gotta. You gotta be excited for. New addition to the family.
2: It changes everything. You know, we love our dogs, but it just does change everything when you have a little human depending on you and growing so fast.
1: And it's funny how it
0: just changes your, everything you look at through a different lens. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly.
1: And before we get into the housing issue that we're going to talk about, uh, how was your Thanksgiving?
2: My Thanksgiving was great. You know, the baby, I don't know, they the, the ideas about how to feed a baby change all the time, but she'll sort of grab a, she grabbed a duck leg because someone (laughs) went hunting before Thanksgiving and just was gnawing on it. And, uh, you know, I was vegetarian for a long time, so (laughs) it's just fun to see what she gravitates towards and how she's, uh, you know, really getting into the holidays. It's,
0: it's cool. And you know, it's funny because, um, I used to love to do that because you just say, okay, well, let's just see what they're interested in exactly and let them go with it, you know, and, and, my son was not interested in certain things that I thought he would be. And I'm like, I, at first I was like, you don't like that.
1: <laughs> don't it's like, it's okay. <laughs> now, Keisha, before we run out of enough time to talk about the yes. big issues, um we know that housing is a huge issue in Vermont. And it was a huge issue in the legislature last year. And I assume probably will continue to be. Um, so you were one of the big driving uh, senators in regard to the housing bill. Tell us about, and I know you have. Uh, you're doing a presentation from the Council of State Governments. Are you about to do that, or have you done it?
2: I'm about to do it in Raleigh, North Carolina, next week.
1: And it's and it's and you've got a report out, PowerPoint presentation that taking a look at housing opportunities made for everyone. But uh, before we talk about that, um, give us a little refresher on what was in the bill that passed last year. What? And because, you know, there was some controversy to it. Obviously, the, yeah. the city, <laughs> town of league, you know, yeah. cities and towns did not support it. Um, they thought that they were giving up too much local control, not getting enough back. But give us a refresher, of course, on what was in the bill and what didn't make it to the finish line.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I, I do want to say I, I listened to part of your conversation before I got here. I know people are going into the holidays, you know, feeling a little bit isolated and, and concerned about shopping downtown about their neighborhoods um, i spent most of my political career at 31 north prospect street and the shooting this weekend right this past weekend took took place at 69 north prospect street so um you know this is affecting all of us and yeah. um housing is just one piece of that i've actually asked for us to have a joint hearing between my committee Economic Development and Housing Human Services and Judiciary to say we all need to look at the evolving situation. I can always admit if I was wrong about too much reform and not enough you know uh, measures that that law enforcement can take but really what it is is the situation's evolving all over the country and we have to be ready for that and my piece in my lane is the housing crisis um you know so you can look at it from a a humanitarian perspective, but I also think people are going to see changes to their property tax bills. I I remember you always have someone calling in and saying, what are you doing about my cost of living, my property taxes? The best thing we can do to alleviate the pressure is grow the grand list. And it's something we need to be doing. Um, So, you know, what we started with last year was about the rights of individual property owners and landowners Um, I know, you know, local government likes to say it took their rights away, but it was really small groups of people who could stop a duplex from happening or a triplex. Um, And so, you know, we allowed that by right. And on municipal water and sewer, you can build up to four and five units without, um, you know, a lot of regulatory barriers in your way. We I made a commitment to local government that this year we tackle Act 250, you know, something that is is talked about in lore. almost. And, yeah.
1: and so this is the part that the League of Cities and Towns was concerned that that part didn't happen last year. So you're going to go back and try to tackle that part this year.
2: Right. We had this big coalition, as I hoped for, and we would gain the environmentalists and lose local government. We get local government back you and lose the environmentalists. Probably going to happen again this year. But we have four studies we asked for around how we build in our population centers um you know how we might pot- potentially delegate act 250 authority or just exempt local communities from act 250 who really know what they want to do and in fact after the flooding municipalities have to reckon in a very flexible way with how they retreat from certain areas where they want to build in the future so from a climate perspective you know a human perspective and just an economic perspective, housing again should be our number one issue
0: well, and I think that that you know as I said the last time you were here, I think you if you're an equal opportunity offender, you're doing something right, mm-hmm. and as you said, you know we, you, <laughs> the environmentalists would be happy, and then you know the development would come after you and then back and forth. So, but I would also say that um I think it's time act two fifty is i'm I'm not dissing Act Two fifty, but I think it's dated. And a lot of what it was set out to do, its objectives, are actually kind of counterproductive now. Right. You know, and, and you look at some of these small towns and, and, and it's like, well, you know, that'd be great. Why is there one house on this huge piece of land and then you have this other house way over there? It, it's kind of almost promoting sprawl. Exactly.
2: Well, you know, you, you said it and that is that is the foundation of sprawl. If you can't afford one of those big single family homes on a hill... You're living in the floodplain in a mobile home that's not well insulated and you can't afford anything else. So, you know, smart growth means that it has to work for everybody. And that's going to be our principle going into this uh, this session. And, you know, Act 250, people will say, well, you know, it's worked. It has worked extremely well. It has worked so well that home ownership rates have gone down. That, you know, people don't have equity. That yep. now older folks are saying, where's my cluster of housing yeah. that's walkable to my little village center? And and they're running into, you know, barriers that, that they didn't Why expect. do you think
1: that is, yeah. that home ownership has gone down from over the last decades?
2: You know, it's funny. I started my housing journey in a duplex. The governor started his housing journey in a duplex. You really need that townhouse, that condo, that that. You know, that first opportunity to build equity that, you know, is half the cost of a single family
0: home. Some entry level housing.
2: Exactly. And we have less and less of that. And, you know, we have an aging population. An ender home is the same as a starter home. It's, you know, something close to town that's small and affordable.
1: We're talking this morning to Chittenden County State Senator Keisha Rahm. If you have a question for Senator Rahm, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline triple eight four one four zero three zero three. And Keisha, I'd like you to tackle this question that we mm-hmm. got from a, at least one caller, maybe a couple. And I pushed back on it a little bit, but I, I want to have you tackle it. Okay. Someone called and said um, the legislature wants to change Act two hundred and fifty, and what if they do this? What we're going to end up with is we're going to end up with we're going to become New Jersey. We're going to have developments mm-hmm. all over the all over mm-hmm. the state of Vermont, and it, and we're going to become we're going to end up becoming New Jersey.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I always have to take a deep breath and just get over what I feel is a little bit xenophobic about that. You know this this idea that we you know New Jersey places like New Jersey and Virginia are very immigrant friendly. There's a lot of upward mobility. They have beautiful farmland. They have some things we don't like to look at. You know, they have a major corridor to New York City, obviously. Um, I didn't move to New Jersey. I get it. We love Vermont, Um, but we have to open the door to people who are out in the cold, quite literally. We have 2,000 people who were spending money to live in motels that aren't increasing in quality. Might be a family in one room, might be someone who needs assisted living and we have, you know, upwards of a thousand people living in the woods or mold-contaminated homes now after the flood. Yeah, um, they have no options. Is that who we are? You know, is that what it means to be Vermont—that that people don't have a safe, warm place to live?
0: But I also think that there's a balance, you know, and that's why I go back to Act 250 being a little dated. You know, initially, uh, I get it, and and when the population centers were a lot smaller, it's you know, it. it but as as the population grows, then then we've got to look at smart growth,
2: right? And right. but
0: you but it's so funny how um, you know there's all these buzzwords now, mm-hmm. and for years Act 250 has been like the it's the it's the, it, it's the untouchable <laughs> this shadow, this yeah. third rail, right? Yeah, and and I will give you a lot of credit for having the the fortitude to stand up and say we got to do this.
2: Well, thank you, and you know what I want people to remember is. When we talk about population centers, delegation, making our downtowns more vibrant and walkable, it's about forty square miles of Vermont. That's our human habitat. Yeah. You know, that's where we've said we want people and we want to have families be able to take their kids to the park without fear. You know, that's a lot of what we need to do to keep our crown jewels, which are our village centers that make and, us. Vermont. And
1: Keisha, when somebody talks about you know, developing all across Vermont and reforming Act 250 and, and what this bill from last year, what it will mean and New Jersey and all that stuff. Isn't it about the where the development happens? Exactly. And encouraging that development to happen in the right place? Exactly.
2: Parallel to our housing bill is a track of where we want to preserve land, you know, how we want to shape a future that is sustainable through the unknown, essentially. I mean, i like to believe what we have right now are climate immigrants, people who can afford on their own volition to buy something here, maybe go back and forth somewhere else. When we have climate refugees, when the places that are building in Florida and Texas are underwater or lose power, we are going to need to be ready for that. And right now we don't have the sense of where would we build in the future while we protect what we value most.
0: Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning.
2: I I keep hearing, uh, mentioning about flood. I mean, if you live in Burlington, we are, we are contributing to this flood ourselves. You know, when water comes down from UVM on the way down to the lake, there's nowhere to be absorbed into the ground. So we keep building all these things it's going to end up in the lake and creating flood and all these basements on the way down to the lake get flooded. And as I say, second in the second one I'm trying to say is that there's no, there's no conversation about this of creating jobs, people with the education so that they could get a job and afford something. Well, for the American dream is owning a property. That's what I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you. I, you know, I, I certainly agree with most of what the caller said, um, You know, when you do new build, you're often able to make it much more up to current flood code. We have a lot of historic properties in Burlington that aren't going anywhere. Um, We are looking at what's being called sponge cities or resilient cities around the world. Um, You know, even I have a student because I teach at the law school. I teach environmental policy at the law school. And I have one student doing his report on China's sponge cities where they're not just they don't just have, you know, piping to take care of their storm water they have you know whole gardens and ecosystems oh, yeah. that that collect the water as it goes down the drain so you know we should be looking at at all of these solutions particularly after the flood.
0: And and to the to point I just I also want to point out to the caller cuz I was unaware that we were already doing this huge underground tanks like city yes. place right. is building this huge under, underground retention tank just for to capture runoff to slow it down before it shoots in and over, over, uh, overwhelms the sewage treatment plant.
2: Exactly. We know to, what to do with, mm. with new build. Um, yeah,
0: right. But to, but to your point, <laughs> what's the percentage of old stock in Vermont for houses? 25% before
2: 1940.
0: 1940.
2: Mm. Yes. I
1: mean, that's Oldest really housing old. stock in the nation. Yes,
2: that's right.
1: We're talking right. to State Senator Keisha Rahm. If you've got a question for Senator Rahm, give us a call. We've got about uh, 10 minutes left or so. Don't wait till the last second. The trip Mackenzie Country Classic Hotlines open. 888 414 Keisha, do you think that the League of Cities and Towns has a point in regard to some loss of local control?
2: You know, I, we had a lot of towns behind the scenes saying, this makes sense. Please do this. But don't forget about Act 250. And I think uh, I, I was really grateful that they came to the table in the first place and said, we'll shoulder some of this. You know, we'll we'll own our part, but you have to as well. And we already had these studies going about Act 250. You know, do I like to wait for a study? Not necessarily, because I think we know the answer. But it has given the opportunity for a lot of the environmental advocates to come to the table with developers, with, you know, our, our government officials. And there's a lot of agreement on moving forward in a way that gives our population centers flexibility to do what they need to do. And, you know, to not duplicate the process so that somebody can make it through years of local process. And then the same neighbors can say, I'm taking you to the Supreme Court through Act 250.
1: Yeah. Did you follow the case? This is sort of connected. There's a case in Essex Junction where a guy has uh, Jason Struthers. There was a big article in VT Digger and on WPTZ about his growing cannabis in his property. That's right. And also has uh, 30 ducks on his property that the neighbors... <laughs> Believe it or not, the neighbors are up in arms about it. That it comes with the with noise and other issues, and what they've said is it's become also embroiled in the housing bill from last year because they're saying they're not. They may have. They feel like they may have lost local control over this issue. Uh, do you did you read that article? Can any any thoughts on how? the housing bill might impact that? I wasn't quite clear myself.
2: You know, the Home Act is getting praised and blamed for a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know that we put ducks in there. Um, (laughs) And we didn't put cannabis in there either, but we did have another bill that came through the Agriculture Committee saying cannabis is like any other crop. Um, You know, I I can't speak to the ducks though, but I'm happy to have anybody give me a call and and tell me more about, you know, what we might have done. I think mostly it's getting regulation out of the way so people can be building duplexes, triplexes, and, you know,
0: not, to, stuff done. not to industrial <laughs> duck farming. <Exactly. laughs> uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the
1: morning drive. Hi, it's a, It's interesting to note that, that if we do have a crisis in housing, it's because of government involvement. Government controls every aspect of housing in this state. There's There's no escape from it. Um, I uh, one of the questions I had is regarding Act two fifty is there any plan to uh, address the appeal process the appeal process you know doubles and triples and quadruples the amount of time expense and effort it takes um, to develop housing in the state and also two forty nine uh, my understanding is there are only two approved septic systems in the state mm-hmm. they do allow uh, some uh, a couple of others but there are some really great innovative septic systems the state doesn't permit um... that would allow people to build on uh... on, on difficult land mm-hmm. um, any thoughts
2: yes i mean you Good know question what, thank, thank you. you what the callers allowed me to do is remember that i wanted to say anytime you have a specific barrier that you faced i want to know about it you know i'm easy to find um, you know case dot com or instagram or wherever But I asked for a joint hearing with Senate Natural Resources because there's multifold issues here. Number one, yes, we want to tackle the appeals process. We're looking at ways to shorten the timeline, um, you know, mandate that things have to be decided more quickly, limit the number of appeals that one can make and deduplicate so you're not doing municipal and state processes back to back. Um, But... At the same time, only about seven or eight projects go all the way through that appeals process, which is not good. But a lot of projects just don't happen at all because they get stuck in pre-application. They have to reduce the density to the point that it doesn't make sense for anybody, um, or they end up with single-family homes. And, you know, it just has a chilling effect on no housing being built in the first place.
0: Well, and right now, particularly uh, when you start talking about the financial climate, it's harder and harder to come up with capital to build projects, exactly. and if they have options, and a lot of the capital comes from out of state, mm-hmm. if they have options where they can invest in a project that's going to happen in a year as opposed to three, absolutely, they're probably going to go with the sure thing.
2: Time is money, labor is money, and money is money.
1: Yeah, and right now, and money's expensive right exactly. now. Okay, so when we talk about uh, mobile homes, mm-hmm. we know that. Tell us what the percentage of mobile homes has been in the state of Vermont, because that is another form of housing, obviously, for Absolutely. a lot of people. But at the same time, we also know that the percentage of homes that were lost in the floods this summer was much more, which which was a much higher percentage than were the the percentage that they are for the state of Vermont.
2: Right, right. And, you know, this is where I have a lot of collaboration with the governor and appreciate his focus on mobile homes as well. Um, After Tropical Storm Irene, 8% of Vermonters lived in mobile homes or mobile home parks, and they were 40% of the flood victims. That's gone down, probably cut in half, so still disproportionately impacted, but we did learn some lessons from Irene. But that's still because they don't face the same regulations, so they're a lot more affordable to people. And they are in floodplains oftentimes. What do we do
1: about that going forward?
2: Yeah. I mean, we have put a lot more money into uh, fixing up mobile home parks, helping them relocate to higher ground. In fact, we visited Brattleboro and the Tri-Park mobile, you know, mobile home park, one of the biggest in the state, big you know, impact in Irene. Um, right down the road, they removed 80 units of senior housing so that the river could flow differently and could sort of take up more space in nature. It probably saved their downtown in this flood. And the water came right up just you know, below the road where the mobile home park starts and stopped. But it took seven years for them to find those seniors a new spot to live. And that is unacceptable. Senior housing is gonna be probably one of my biggest issues within housing because it's the bottleneck. People want quality of life where they have help and care. And those are single family homes that could go to growing families.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive.
1: Good morning, Senator. Do you think it's time for for boomers like Curt Anthony to downsize from their mansions and you know <laughs> give us a chance with a little duplex, you know? <laughs>
2: I'm so curious what generation they're, they're you are.
1: Mentality. I wish I wish I had a mansion. Like that. Drive on it.
0: Vine Street, you'll see. <laughs> well, I would I would happily live on a yacht. Trust me.
2: <laughs> you know I, I was saying uh, before we got on air that my parents now that they have a seven month old grandchild yeah. are moving from California to be here in Verm- in Vermont with us, and they're probably going to live with us until we find them a place to live. So yeah. yes, I do want everyone to have the choice. That they deserve of what kind of housing they need. And that's the thing is I have there is a generational conversation. You know, I have senators on my committee in a different generation who are saying, well, I don't want to shove people into downtowns, into little shoeboxes. And I'm saying some people want that. Well, not yeah. everybody, but some people want that.
0: I have to tell you, as you age and, uh, uh, you know, like I just said, uh, our youngest child is a senior in high school and and we're thinking about where are we going to go, how are we going to downsize, right. that we're in that group. And and we live in a neighborhood that is still considered accessible and affordable in Milton. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun to watch. I think it's fun to watch the neighborhood cycle through. Right. We're right. almost out of time. We've got time for one more
1: <laughs> phone call for Keisha. Love it. Oh. Triple eight four one four zero three zero three. Kashem, how yeah. big is the housing crisis, and what should we expect coming into this next session, which is going to start in just over a month now?
2: Yeah, um, from every measure, the housing crisis is monumental. And some, oh, that one caller talked about workforce. We have twenty thousand open jobs and about a thousand housing listings. So we will not meet our climate goals, our health care goals, literally any other goal we have in the state, unless we make housing available. Does it impact, no one can get a job does it impact
1: new business coming to Vermont, development coming to Vermont, if there's not housing to, to provide for workers?
2: New business, existing business, the hospital from their, you know, their new employees to their VPs are living in motels and cannot find permanent housing. I cannot understate the, the crisis, so cannot what, overstate it. So
1: <laughs> what's going to be the pressure point? In the debate this year on housing
2: you know it's it's going to be how much control we actually give back to the communities which is interesting and you know i think they know what they're doing and they know what they need to be flood resilient and to be vibrant into the future and i want to give them that authority and stop duplicating the process and you know we need to get housing built and i want it to be sustainable uh, accessible housing for all.
1: After housing, we know how big an issue that is, <laughs> and we know that you're going to be front and center on that. Um, what are the next couple big issues that you think that we're going to see tackled in Montpelier?
2: Absolutely public safety. Um, you know, a- alongside uh, housing being part of our vibrant downtowns, it's making sure that people feel safe to go to their local coffee shop and bring their kids to parks. And having our committees understand which piece belongs to who, you know, substance use issues, giving law enforcement a, a chance to to air their grievances and talk about what they need, and getting um, projects going that help move people out of motels into stable housing with services, that's going to be huge.
1: And can we tackle in some way retail theft, which is a growing problem in Burlington and other communities?
2: You know, I've certainly been talking to Outdoor Gear Exchange and a number of businesses about that, and as you know, you know, my husband manages properties with a lot of retail establishments, Um, You know, any ideas can be on the table. We're having a joint hearing, and I think it'll help us identify the problem the same way. And we need to diagnose things together in order to heal the state.
1: State Senator, Chittenden County State Senator Keisha Rahm, thanks for being on the morning drive today. And we look forward to this upcoming session in just over a month. Thanks so much
2: for having me.
0: Thanks for coming in.
2: Happy holidays.
1: Happy
0: holidays. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Check in on ABC News. Amanda's got the headlines. And then we're going to talk with Jane Nodell.